This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with you. 403-974-TALK is our number, 974-8255. A lot more time for your calls and your text and some other issues we want to get to as well today. Uh, interesting piece, though, McLean's Magazine. It's getting a lot of attention today. I guess just as uh, Jason Kenney embarks on a process here in Alberta to unite the right to create a broad Big Ten coalition here in Alberta, much like the one that exists federally, we've got a call here to disunite the right federally. As uh, Scott Gilmore writes in McLean's, that maybe it's time the rest of us conservatives acknowledge the merger worked in the short term, but eventually it exposed irreconcilable bedrock differences. And uniting the right is worth nothing if you must abandon your ideological values in the process. Now, this comes as the conservative leadership race nears an end. Uh, new leadership signups, I guess the, the cutoff was yesterday uh, for the campaigns to bring in new leaders. We've got 14 candidates representing some very different views. To me, it seems a little early to conclude that the Conservative Party is going in a certain direction. But let's get Scott Gilmore into the equation here, writer from McLean's Magazine, McLean's.ca. Scott, thanks for joining us here. Hi, Rob. Good to hear from you. All right. Well, this is interesting because, I, look, you are a longtime conservative, but I guess, this, as many have noted, you, and you noted in the, the piece as well, you are married to a, a liberal cabinet minister. So is there a, a, any kind of conflict of interest here for you as you see it? Well, uh, <laughs> we're a, a bipartisan family, and uh, I don't think anyone should expect that she would be mouthing my words on the House of Commons, <laughs> and no one should expect that I'd be mouthing her words on your radio show. Right. We're good. Okay, well, because, and I guess the, the whole reason for uniting the right, or certainly one of the main reasons for uniting the right, is having these parties compete with one another works in the benefit, works to the benefit of the Liberal Party. So if now all of a sudden the Conservative Party becomes two parties, aren't we back into that situation? Well, I originally supported the Unite the Right movement, and for the exact same reasons that you say right now, I felt that if we didn't, Liberals would eat our suffer. And what's happened is that we've now reunited the right, and I don't think there's any expectation under the current circumstances the Liberals aren't going to continue to eat our supper because the party has now become dominated by a socially conservative group of politicians who frankly don't reflect the values of the majority of Canadians, and I would argue don't reflect the the values of the majority of small-c conservative voters. Well, and that's what I find interesting, because there are a number of candidates in this race, and I think they represent... A lot of different ideas and values. So isn't it too soon to, to declare that the Conservative Party is going in a certain direction? Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it is too soon to declare that. But I don't think it's too soon for us to have the conversation. You know, I've been following the Conservative leadership race very closely, not only because I write a poem for my clients, but because, you know, I'm a Conservative. And I have to tell you, the quality of the debate has been dismaying. There is clearly a dominant view amongst some of the leading candidates that, like I said, doesn't reflect my view of the world, my view of the country, and I don't think it reflects the view of the Canadians based on the feedback that I've gotten in the last few hours. Well, what's interesting is when, when I read some of the, the language you use, I mean, it, it sounds like me. I'm not really socially conservative at all, but when you talk about individual liberty and free markets, uh, that's music to my ears. What I do find curious, though, is that, that you lump Maxime Bernier in with these social conservatives and 
uh, economic populist. If there's any politician in Canada who's at least been very bold in saying that he embraces ideas around uh, individual liberty and economic freedom, it's been Maxime Bernier. Yeah, I think there's a range of opinions in that in that uh, crowd of conservative leadership, and putting Bernier in any one particular position is difficult because he has a mix of views. And, you know, for example, in the last couple of days, he's come out very strongly against refugees and this idea of taking our troops and moving them to the border. And I'm sure there are listeners of yours that think that's a great idea, uh, and maybe you do yourself, but I don't. It reflects a view of Canada, a view of the world, a view of, of how we interact with the world that I can't support. And so if Maxime Bernier wants to take the Conservative Party down that road, and he may very well, he's one of the leading contenders in the party, then let him, let him go to it. But the rest of us, we may want to have, start to have a conversation about whether or not this is still our party. Well, look, I'll concede the point. I think that that was an odd proposal from him, given that he has previously supported increasing immigration numbers, accepting refugees. I think he's distinguished himself from the likes of Kevin O'Leary and and Kelly Leach on that front. But yeah, I mean, uh, we we obviously got a dilemma right now, given the the situation where we've got these these refugees coming uh, across the border and often dangerous circumstances to to claim asylum here. I don't know that putting troops on the border is the answer, but it certainly is it puts us in a tough spot. You know, the, there are dozens of issues where we can go down the list through of what, 14 different candidates, where we can find elements that, that line up at different parts of the political spectrum. What we're going to see on May 27th is where the needle lands on that spectrum. Maybe it's going to land with Bernier, and maybe Bernier is going to come out of this with um, a view of Canada that's a little bit more progressive than what he's been proposing so far. Or maybe it's going to be somebody like Andrew Scheer or, or heaven help us, Kevin O'Leary. I think, regardless of who comes out of it, this is a healthy time for conservatives to have a conversation about where we want this party to go, what we want it to look like, and should it reflect the views that we have now in the 21st century or the views of our grandfathers. Well, to me, I, when I look at people like uh, Andrew Scheer, Lisa Raitt, uh, maybe they might reject the notion. They seem more like status quo candidates. They haven't quite embraced the Harper mantle, but I think they represent maybe a continuation of of what existed under Stephen Harper, would, would you agree or disagree with that? <laughs> you know, that's an entirely different set of criticisms. If you go to Lisa Raitt's webpage, unless there's been some changes there, you can't find a single policy idea. I mean, literally not one. And I think that a, a lot of these candidates are empty vessels who are willing to go with the flow. And unfortunately for some of them, like Chris Alexander, going with the flow meant standing on stage and, and listening to people chant locker up and not saying anything about it. And that worries me. I want a party that actually has an ideological base that doesn't swing with the wind. I mean, that's my greatest criticism of the Liberal Party. Their ideology changes with the seasons. So I think we can have a conservative party with an ideology that makes sense, that reflects a broader view than what we have right now. Well, okay, but that's a different kind of argument, isn't it? It's one thing to say, I believe in something, these people believe in something, I disagree with them, as opposed to saying, I believe in something, I don't know what those people believe. Well, <laughs> them uh, uh, believing in something that I don't believe in, or them not believing in anything at all, to me, that's the same thing. I want a party that reflects my values and my beliefs, and I find it very difficult to say that any of, well, very few of the current leaders reflect that. Okay, when we talk about social conservatism, what, what does that mean to you? I mean, to me, that, that like uh, Brad Trost, I think, most, uh, most represents a social conservative in this race because he seems very preoccupied on, on things like gay marriage uh, and these, these debates that I think we, we moved on from long ago. But 
Uh, to, to you, I get the sense that, that that term encompasses much more. Well, I'm let's let's be clear. I'm I'm not proposing that I'm going to run in any particular in any way, and my own views are my own views. But you're right. My my belief when it comes to social conservatives is that everybody should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want as long as it doesn't impose on anybody else. And unfortunately, the party under Harper has drifted away from that, where we've started to get into people's, you know, into their lives, into what they smoke, into who they sleep with. And I'm not comfortable with that anymore. Okay. But I mean, that sounds like libertarianism. Yeah, it's a form of libertarianism. But at the same time, it has a, a bit of a dusting of the progressive conservative in me, in the sense that I recognize that everybody should be able to free to do what they want, but we're not all born or, or free to be born into the family that we choose. And so there's some people that find themselves in Canada at the age of five or six, living in circumstances in the, in the north, for example, or inner cities where they're going to have no chance of succeeding in life. And so the government does have a responsibility to step in and level the playing field at the same time. Well, okay, but 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 who who in the the race would would disagree with that? I, that that's I, I don't know that anyone has really articulated anything that 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 suggests a, a deep and fundamental conflict with with that kind of vision. Well, I, I, I would disagree. I think you take Bernier, for example. Bernier's view of a much smaller government means that a lot of those social service programs that, that we need, or frankly don't exist and we need, simply can't happen. So there is, uh, none of this is black and white. There is a spectrum on there. And I think that very few people could deny that the Conservative Party right now, as reflected by the, the leaders in this conservative leadership race, is skewing a lot farther away from uh, the party of the red Tories, people that, that uh, share my values. Okay. Well, <laughs> because what, what you just did there, you took an explanation of social conservatism and then it became uh, about fiscal conservatism. Uh, fiscal conservatism and social conservatism, I think, are very different things. To suggest that well, fiscal conservatives support linked. small government. So, so if we're talking about red Tories, we're not talking about fiscal conservatism then. Well, I think that's, that's entirely wrong. You know, you can't... Uh, but what you just, you just you called... You can be uh, fiscally conservative and, and, and that you can't be socially liberal at the same time. That's right, I think true. you clearly can, right? So, yeah, no. so you can be fiscally conservative and socially liberal, right? We're in exactly. agreement on that? Okay, so... Yeah. So doesn't fiscal conservatism mean smaller government? We kind of just went down this path where fiscal conservative means smaller government. Smaller government means social conservative. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't follow that logic. Well, I, I don't follow that logic either. I think, that, <laughs> I think we're arguing about two different things here. I think it's perfectly reasonable for us to expect that we can send leaders to, to Ottawa who recognize the need for a balanced budget, who recognize the power of the markets, and at the same time recognize that the government does have to spend some money on social programs. You know, what we don't have right now is a party that's standing up there and saying, you know, the markets matter. We can't go around deciding which industries are going to succeed, which industries are going to fail. And we don't have a party up there, at least on the conservative side, who recognizes things like climate change exist. You know, so there's a basket of different issues, and we can't be perfectly pure ideologically on all of them. But when you put them all together, they don't fit with the men that are standing on stage right now. Well, but if we're talking about more parties, we, we are talking about further ideological divides. We are talking about parties having a much more narrow focus as opposed to, to big tent coalitions. We, we might be. We might be. Or we may be talking about coalitions that are different party coalitions. 
Or maybe we're not talking about a new party at all. Maybe we're just simply talking about having some conversations and making sure that the majority, and I would argue it is the majority of conservative voters in small C, that their voice is being heard amongst the, the conservative party of Canada's leadership. Right now, that's not the case. Well, when you say right now, you're talking about what you're hearing from certain candidates, right? In the meantime, under Ronna Ambrose, there is a Conservative Party of Canada, their, their caucus in Ottawa, that uh, is engaged on what the government is doing, right? And they're responding with critiques, they're, they're offering different views. Are, are you saying that that's not being manifested right now in the Conservative Party as it stands in Ottawa? You know, the Conservative Party is not a monolith. It is reflected in the, the views of, of some of the members of Parliament in, in the House, the views of the leadership candidates, the views of a lot of the apparatchiks that are running around the country, and people like yourself and me. But the majority of the views, I would argue that the center of gravity in that party has shifted to the right socially. And that what is happening right now with Ron Ambrose is not necessarily what's going to happen on May 28th, the day after we have a new leader. So there's no harm in having this conversation. It might, maybe it's going to be pointless. Maybe we're going to end up with a party that everybody likes and it makes sense. Or maybe this is, these are some issues that we need to talk about. Well, sure. But I mean, any any leadership races like this, and we can look back at, at previous uh, leadership races where we've had uh, different kinds of, of views. We've had more conservative and, and more liberal candidates who, who say they want to lead uh, you know, even going back to the progressive conservatives. So I, I don't see why this is necessarily any different. Well, I don't see why the conversation shouldn't happen. You know, I'm not proposing that we go out there and we put a bullet in the brain of the CPC. But I do think the conversation you and I are having right now is incredibly useful. And it should be having, happening across the country. But, but uh, the, the leadership candidates right now, they're dancing to one tune for the most part. Okay, well, maybe that's that's where we differ because I, I don't get the sense that they are at all. I, I, I see some some incredibly different views. Uh, to say that Lisa Raitt and Brad Trost are dancing to, to the same tune, I don't see that at all. To say that Maxime Bernier and Kevin O'Leary are dancing to the same tune, I, I see some tremendous differences between those candidates. Not to say, you know, I'm not endorsing one or the other, just just as a, uh, an objective observer to say they're they're different in so many ways. Well, they, there are some differences, and you're clearly happy with the, 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 uh, the spread of those differences. But just looking at my inbox of the last few hours, there are thousands of Canadians who aren't happy, who look at there and they see the party shifting in a particular direction that they're not comfortable with, or they see a party that doesn't reflect their values, and they don't want to vote liberal. So where do we go? Right. Well, when you talk about the conversation, because I think, you know, the, I mean, if conservatives want to have a conversation about what they want their party to be, yeah, that, I mean, there's that conversation. But I think what you're talking about is let's have a conversation about breaking away from the conservatives and starting a new party. Is that what you mean by conversation? I would say that's the second part of the conversation. The first part of the conversation is what do we want the party to look like? Does it currently reflect those values? And if it doesn't, what do we do? And after that, you may come to the point where you say, you know what, there's just no way for us to reconcile these two different ideologies. And maybe then we start talking about a new party. But there's no harm in beginning that conversation. It doesn't mean we're going to end up there. All right. Well, you're getting a lot of reaction to this. People can read it for themselves. Confessions of a self-loathing Tory at uh, mcleans.ca. Scott, appreciate you making some time for us and here today. Rob, can I ask your, uh, your listeners to go to newconservatives.ca? We've got a website up already. We're going to be hosting a dinner in Calgary, and we'd love to have some of your listeners join us. Newconservatives.ca. Well, okay. Things are moving. <laughs>
<laughs> there you are. Have a great day. Scott, appreciate it. All right, there you go. Scott uh, Gilmore. Yeah, there it is. Newconservatives.ca. Do we need a new conservative party? Join us on a cross-Canada tour and tell us what you think. And yeah, there it is. We're planning on visiting Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal. Uh, look, I'm, I don't consider myself to be a conservative. I didn't vote conservative in the last election. Uh, well, nor that I vote liberal either, but uh, that's for the conservatives to, to sort out. I don't have a dog in this fight. Uh, they can be whatever they choose to be, and come the next election, I'll decide whether that's something I want to support. But we got to take a break. Very long in this segment here. We're back with more right after this. Uh, got some other things I want to get to here, but just to, to continue that conversation from our previous segment. Uh, so you got Scott Gilmore, writes from McLean's Magazine. Yeah, he's married to the federal environment minister, so he's got a wife who's a liberal cabinet minister. But there, there are those kind of cross-political relationships that exist. So, yeah, I don't, think it, I don't think it necessarily taints him no more than it necessarily taints her. Do you think her liberal colleagues look at her suspiciously because she's married to a conservative? I, I don't think so. But, yeah, maybe if you want to look at it cynically, that creating a new party that's going to split the vote on the right benefits the liberal party, and lo and behold, Scott, your wife is a liberal. Uh, but I, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's been a member of the conservative party long enough that he can speak as one. Now, maybe you, you don't agree with him on certain things. I, I just, I didn't come away from that conversation getting a real clear sense of what it is that he supports and where he disagrees with the current crop of conservative leader, leadership candidates. Like he writes in his piece, he says, maybe it's time we just give O'Leary and Bernier and Pierre Lemieux and Ezra Levant, I don't know why he's mentioning him, but give them what they want, a populist, nationalist, socially conservative party that focuses on older, rural, white male voters. There's a legitimate place for a party like that in Parliament, and they're welcome to own it. But what does it mean? And how is it that you're lumping all of those people together? Based on what? So that's what confused me about that conversation. That I didn't get a clear sense of, oh, I see, that's what, what Scott Gilmore supports, and that's what these other people support. Yeah, okay, that's, you know, that's apples and oranges. I'm not, I'm not sure what those issues are, to be honest. Uh, anyway, and, and I mean, you mentioned climate change. Well, is, is climate change now a d- defining issue between whether you're conservative or not? Uh, so I don't know. I, uh, what do you make of this? Let's go to the phones here. Uh, Bill, go ahead. Hi, uh, Rob. Yeah, first of all, I'd like to say I believe that the right side of the political spectrum is basically management-type people that all want to be the boss. You know, Kevin O'Leary, Jason Kenney, they, they are so full of themselves that they won't even go into the ledge or the parliament as backbenchers or, or opposition. They're only going to come in if they can be the boss. So I kind of think that maybe that's the the measure of the right wing. is They, they can't have a movement because they can't all be in charge at once. What do you think of that? Uh... No, I don't know. I don't. I don't buy that. I, I think there's there's plenty of egos and arrogance in politics, but that that doesn't apply to to any one side of the spectrum. I mean, oh, Jason I, Kenney. I how many years that, did Jason Kenney spend in in Ottawa? He wasn't the leader. Well, when you look at it, you know, like uh, 
Rachel Notley sat in the, in the, as opposition. And, uh, so did Jason Kenney for a long leader, time. Wild Rose is in opposition. They will go sit in the House. But these guys, these uh, Kenny and, and O'Leary, they're too good for that kind of stuff. So there's no way in hell they're going to sit in there if they can't be the boss. And I think that is pretty much the problem with the conservative side. Well, okay, hang on a second. And maybe Kevin O'Leary's like that. I, I'd concede the point. Jason Kenney sat as an opposition MP for a number of years. We just had two by-elections in Alberta, or having one, and he wouldn't run in either one of them uh, because he would have to be a backbencher in a, in a rump party. So maybe we should re- revisit that one. Uh, Bill, I'm not sure what you're talking about then. Hey, have we got uh, by-elections in Alberta? Which by-elections are you referring to? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Those are federal, right? But, but okay. he could have ran in the last election. He didn't. If he wanted to in be what, the what, 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 In what election? Well, in, in the last provincial he, election? Yeah, he could have ran in that one. Bill, okay. He, he <laughs> this is, this is getting kind of silly. In the ledge, as, as a backbencher, he just wants to be the boss. Uh, Bill, Jason Kenney sat as an opposition MP. From 1997 until 2006, when the Conservatives won a minority government. So that just, that kind of demolishes your argument right there. No, it doesn't, because now he wants to be the boss of Alberta, but he wouldn't sit in the ledge. Well, okay. And neither would Jim Prentice. When Jim Prentice couldn't be the boss, he quit. This, again, I don't know what this has to do with, with this point Scott Gilmore was making. Jason Kenney just won the progressive conservative leadership race just it's a couple of weeks ago, why right? Why the conservatives can't uh, can't have a unified party? They all want to be the boss. They're all too good. I think. Uh, okay, Bill. All right, I appreciate the phone call. I, I, that's a really weird argument to make. Uh, Jason Kenney is the leader of the PC party. If uh, a seat becomes available, he should probably run in a by-election. Uh, but I don't see anything inherently wrong with aspiring to to be the leader. Now, if you want to argue that had Jason Kenney lost the race, then maybe he would have taken his ball and gone home. I, I don't know. If you look at the federal leadership race, yeah. Is Kevin O'Leary going to run as a conservative MP if he doesn't win the race? No, he's not. Are a lot of the others? Probably. So to say that this is a, a problem with conservatism is that they all want to be the boss. And you mentioned two people, one of whom spent a number of years as an opposition MP. That doesn't seem like the foundation for a strong argument. And again, I don't know what any of that has to do with ideas anyway. So let's move on. Uh, Deirdre has called in. Deirdre, good afternoon. Hi. So I was just thinking, um, this has actually come up, a friend of mine has has been asking me about it. Um, you know, what does it mean to be a conservative? What does it mean to be a liberal? And so I wonder if this is, if this is coming up and it seems to be getting bigger and bigger that um, that these, that this big tent, like you said earlier, that the, it's too big. Um, people can't find find their way to, hey, I do agree with this leader. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that's a, an issue with, with merging those two parties, because I, I, I do agree with Scott that, that they were merging. They don't agree on certain issues, which 
um, even when you were saying earlier today about how uh, whether or not social issues are really something that people are concerned about. I think um, people aren't concerned about them as long as as long as they're they're being attended to. People are concerned about the possibility that they might stop being attended to. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I so I can, I guess I kind of wonder. I mean, it's interesting that that this is coming up federally right now because um, Jason Kenny's whole thing has been, look, we united the the feds. Look how great that worked out. Right. I mean, he's in a. It's uh, it's it's another layer to an obstacle right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you might be onto something. I mean, I'm, I'm sensing there's a lot of infighting amongst conservatives these days, and and I'm not entirely sure why that's the case because. You know, you got a lot of people here in Alberta, and they don't like Jason Kanigan. He's too right wing for me, and I don't want anything to do with that guy. And you got a lot of people on, on, that are more small C conservatives saying that guy is uh, a liberal in disguise. That guy should go join the NDP. That guy has no place in in this party. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of tension between you know sort of moderate and and more conservative people on the right. And I yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's it's inevitable that they're going to split. Yeah. Anyway, Deirdre, appreciate the phone call. You know, and again, it gets back to the question of how we're defining this in the first place. That's why I don't come on the radio. And I don't, I don't say, listen to me, I'm a conservative. Listen to me, I'm a liberal. I get called all those things anyway, which just kind of underscores the point that maybe in a lot of instances, those words kind of lose meaning. Uh, if you want to ask me where I stand on a certain issue, I'll, I'll give you the, you know, the best explanation of my opinion as I can. And then if you want to ask me multiple questions and you want to take all those answers and and box me in somewhere, okay, that's fine. Go ahead. But I think when when I see this in politics, I mean, it's just another reason why I want to have nothing to do with any of those labels. Because a lot of it seems really silly. Uh, All right, back to the phones uh, we go. James, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're looking at this in the right context. There's no doubt about it. Um, When we have... Um, leadership runs, it, it's like a family fighting, right? right. Uh, their their position is, is trying to move forward. And and there's no doubt about it. it. You can't really say that the federal scene and the provincial scene are the same. They're, they're all um, fluid in motion, you know, but, and, and I do understand the, the differences. You know, if I look at the progressive conservative versus a a, a uh, wild rose, which I would dare say would is, is even just a social credit rebranded, and, and and I say well, so it's not the similarities, but is what is the difference? And I think it's the 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 abortion issue that that quintessentially is the driving dictator between the two. Uh, a progressive conservative, in, in some of my eye, is uh, is one who is more a little bit more. Uh, economically based, if you will, um, and, and but does understand the, the social implication for a um, a wider kind of um, base to to all. And, and I know those are all generalities because you can find that, you know. And, and I think if we look on the federal scene, you know, is there certainly in the leadership race in the in the conservative family, you've got everything from a Brad Trost to to uh, Kevin O'Leary, right? And and I think what will end up happening is you will find something more moderate in the middle, like an Aaron O'Toole um, that comes in, becomes the steady hand on the tiller, 
and and it's kind of like more re- reminiscent of what Stephen Harper was. You know, the socialists or the SOCONs would think, well, he's one of theirs, and the economic people will say, well, he's one of theirs, and and they r- ride that knife's edge um, right through. And, and the rationale is, at the end of the day. Um, your team is still better than the other team in at making overall decisions. Yeah, interesting point, James. Appreciate the phone call. Got to take a quick break here. We'll come back 403-974-TALK. It's Afternoons on News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.